Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, we are so excited to be live from Glasgow, Scotland for the start of COP26. We're going to be talking about Renee King Sonnen of Rowdy Girl Sanctuary's Meatless Everyday campaign. But first, let's go straight out to Jill Carnegie, who is live in Glasgow, the heart of global action to try to stop a climate apocalypse. What is happening, Jill, particularly in light of our focus, which is a plant-based diet, is a great way to reverse climate change that it doesn't seem any of the world leaders are talking about. Well, it's so good to be with you all. Hi, Jane. Uh, first of all, I just want to note that I'm here uh, broadcasting from the 13th Note, one of several vegan music venues here in Glasgow. So if you hear uh, the activity behind me, that's why. Uh, but we, we love to support vegan businesses here in this incredible uh, vegan mecca of the U.S. Okay. Uh, what, right now, what we're experiencing in the city is this sort of a very high intensity calm before the storm. You know, every single hotel is booked out. Well, they even brought in a ship to act as a, an overflow hotel uh, because we have representatives from 120 uh, territories coming together, all these world leaders. We have all eyes on Glasgow, which while it is an important city and a, a definite leader in the pursuit of getting to carbon neutrality, it is a relatively small city when we think of uh, places such as New York and London in comparison. So uh, it's really amazing to see uh, just everybody converging in this place. Now, what we're finding is there's a bit of a mixed bag here. We have some encouraging moves, such as the introduction of a plant-based treaty, which I know we're going to dive into a lot in this conversation. So we will leave that to dive into in a moment. So that's super exciting. We also have Prince Charles, who uh, was one of the opening speakers who has spoken out about his meat-free days and dairy-free days. We'll dive into that more as well. Uh, and, you know, Glasgow itself is an incredibly vegan-forward city, and it has been for the past decade. Uh, the availability of vegan options here is just extraordinary, along with other sustainability measures, including a commitment to get to a uh, carbon neutrality by 2030. That is an ambitious goal. Uh, but we also Jill, have some holdbacks, but we'll talk about that in a moment because I know we just got another guest. Yes, Jill, amazing. Bringing us up to date from where it's happening, Glasgow. She is going to be our reporter for the extent of COP26. So we're very excited. Now, um, we're going to go to Renee King Sonnen. This dovetails perfectly with your new campaign, Meatless Every Day. I was really stunned to read that Prince Charles was bragging about the, the fact that as an environmentalist, he now skips meat a couple of times a week. Half measures are not going to avail us right now in this climate apocalypse. What is your message, Renee Kingsonen from Texas, about the need for all of these leaders to go plant-based, not just a couple of times a week, but meatless every day. 
Thank you, Jane. And you know, the idea for Meatless Every Day came from a brainstorm I had one day speaking to a few of my friends. And it was like, you know, Meatless Monday is so mundane. It started 18 years ago. I think it was in 2003. And it's like, if we continue to go Meatless Monday every week, we will go Meatless Monday over a cliff. And so, you know, it's, and it's like everybody is hypnotized to Meatless Monday, Meatless Monday. Even my team, you know, we've been, uh, we've launched, uh, we did a soft launch on Meatless every day uh, about three months ago or two and a half months ago. And still my team will call it Meatless Monday because the, 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 the programming is so entrenched in us that it's Meatless Monday. No, it is time to go Meatless every day. And we have to start chanting it like we did Meatless Monday. It has to be translated in languages all over the world, just like Meatless Monday was. And so that's what Rowdy Girl Sanctuary is doing. We got our hard launch in January, and every week we are featuring a Meatless Every Day meme. Uh, Jane Unchained News with Jane um, with her Lunch Break Live is featured today. And we will also be interviewing Jane tonight on Clubhouse at 6 o'clock Central Time about the same. Thank you, Jane. So thank you, Renee. What a great idea. Let's go again out to Glasgow where we are live with the one and only Dr. Silas Rao, who is actually got passes to get inside the COP26 conference where world leaders are converging. I mean, we're talking about the president of the United States, Prince Charles, uh, and of course, Greta Thunberg is going to be there. We're going to hear more about that later. But uh, Dr. Rao, what is happening in there? Is there any acknowledgement of animal agriculture's role and what is the menu as far as you can see because i have read numerous conflicting reports about the menu some say it is plant-based some say it's mostly plant-based some say it has meat uh and fish what's the story dr rao uh well thank you thank you jane uh, it's as far as the agenda is concerned, there is hardly any discussion about animal agriculture. It's next to none, okay, within COP. You can look through the agenda and you will see that no one's talking about it. Um, I, we couldn't get a chance to go in today, so we have to go tomorrow because today it was packed with all these dignitaries. We actually got stuck on the wrong side of the road, and so we couldn't cross the road because a car was parked on the other side and it was, uh, we had to walk like two miles one way and then back. So it was, uh, anyway, there's so much security and, you know, it's like the leaders don't want the people to even come near them anywhere. And they were having dinner at some art museum. So we're going to check what's on the menu at the art museum. So that will tell us a lot about what's going on. Uh, what I find bizarre is that there was at one point, and maybe they're responding to pressure, making it more plant-based, but they had some kind of burger that had some plant-based ingredient along with beef. It's like, hello, people, uh, Beyond Meat Burger, Impossible Burger, they're served all over the world. McDonald's is even starting to carry the uh, vegan burger, Plant. not brain surgery to figure out you don't need to inject meat into a burger. You can have an actual plant-based burger 
what planet are you on? We are barreling toward extinction. And these are the kinds of half measures you are taking. It truly blows my mind. We've got a caller, Paige from Tennessee. Paige, what is your question or thought? Well, my question is uh, in regards to dairy. So many people are saying, well, I'm stopping eating the beef. You know, where's the beef? Okay, well, but I think we need to really bring forth the message of how dairy uh, impacts the environment as well. So I just want to take it back to you all, the experts here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paige. Of course, um, I went vegan a quarter of a century ago when a former cattle rancher named Howard Lyman looked at me and said, do you eat dairy? And I said, yes. And he pointed his finger right at my nose and said, liquid meat. That did it for me because it is liquid meat. Um, Renee, you're there in Texas in the heart of cattle country. Uh, Again, if you had a message for these leaders, not that they're watching this, but people can rise up. If every single person, forget about the leaders, a grass movement, if every single person just said, I'm going plant-based to save the planet, we would immediately begin to reverse climate change. Um, they're, they're saying it can't be improved. It can only be prevented from getting worse. That's not true. And we're going to talk to Dr. Rao about that in a second. But Renee, if you had a message, given that what we're hearing about the, the, the menu, um, again, I don't have the final word. There are conflicting published reports. One said they were going plant-based. Some of the menus that have been published online show turkey and show fish and show meat with a sort of uh, homage to plant-based by throwing in some the word vegan here, there, and everywhere. That's not plant-based, <laughs> okay? Um, but what would you say to these world leaders if you had you got in an elevator and you had a 30 second elevator pitch. What would you say? Well, it's a great question. And what I would say is this, you know, we are, we are all humans. We all share this planet with other earthlings. And these animals have feelings just like your cats and dogs that you hold dear and love. And see, the thing is, Mr. President, you know, and, and Mr. Advertising Executive, if you actually let the people know that animals feel pain and they hurt and they suffer, if you told your audience that animals uh, that are hacked up into dead body parts and the babies that are taken from their mothers really suffer, no one would buy it. But your advertising is false. It's false advertising. And that's what has to be uh, be it be that that needs to be the message from all of us. The message is false. There's no happy hens. There's no happy cows. There's no dancing turkeys. They're all terribly tortured. All right. Once again, we are live in Glasgow, Scotland, with the amazing Dr. Silas Rao and Jill Carnegie in Texas. We've got Renee King, owner of the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, launches meatless every day. We also have the plant-based treaty we're going to talk about, which is a treaty that Moby is urging all world leaders to sign. Let's go to another caller. We have a caller from Florida. What is your question or thought? Hey, uh, good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. My question is, uh, they are advertising together for our planet. And is Dr. Rao, did you see any concrete actions about taking animals off the plate from the world leaders who are asking us to get together for our planet or act for climate? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Dr. Rao. 
Uh, good question. I didn't hear anyone say that. Uh, you know, it's, it's really in that sense, uh, it's disrespectful of all those who have come to work on climate change because if Golden Globes did it, if uh, BAFTA did it, if Met Gala did it, all for the environment, why isn't COP26 doing it for the environment? You know, and it is, it's just mind boggling that they, they would continue to serve animals on the menu. Yes, and I want to read from Prince Charles, who is one of the leaders who is there. And uh, his quote just completely baffles me. He is a quote-unquote environmental leader. This is what uh, an article said. The prince acknowledged how difficult it was for most people to reduce their carbon footprint. He said he has changed his diet to reduce his impact on the environment and urged others to do the same. He now doesn't eat meat and fish on two days each week and doesn't eat any dairy products on another day. If more people did that, it would reduce a lot of the pressure on the environment, said Prince Charles. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's like an alcoholic saying, I only get drunk a couple of times a week. I don't have a problem. I mean, with all due respect, uh, that that is not going to solve our problem. And um, I want to quickly ask Dr. Rao, when people say, as I've heard the president of the United States say, we can't make it any better, but we can stop it from getting worse. Why is that wrong in people terms? Uh, it's absolutely wrong because if you just bring back the forest that you cut for raising animals, you can literally reverse climate change. So they're, doing, they're not looking at the one option that is staring at them in the face. This is the cow in the room that they're not looking at. But, you know, uh, ultimately we have to face reality. It is going to show up, the cow in the room. And we are bringing it in Glasgow. Well, uh, I understand you are. We've got, we're going to take a risk here and try to play something. Uh, you who are listening on Voice America Radio, hopefully we'll be able to hear it. Let's do it. We face a climate emergency and especially a methane emergency. We need to strike a global agreement about a shift to a plant-based food system this year at COP26. We're on track to hit 1.5 centigrade warming around 2030 and 2 centigrade warming around 2040. This would lead to catastrophic climate impacts such as increased heat waves, more intense hurricanes, wildfires, droughts, food shortages, violent weather patterns, sea level rise, climate refugees, coral bleachings, and the ongoing mass extinction of thousands, tens of thousands, millions of species. I'm going to hit it again. We face a climate emergency and especially a methane emergency. We need to strike a global agreement about a shift to a plant-based food system this year at COP26. We're on track to hit 1.5 centigrade warming around 2030 and 2 centigrade warming around 2040. This would lead to catastrophic climate impacts such as increased heat waves, more intense hurricanes, wildfires, droughts, food shortages, violent weather patterns, sea level rise, climate refugees, coral bleachings, and the ongoing mass extinction of thousands, tens of thousands, millions of species. We need to address all three greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. Our biggest chance of limiting temperature rises in the next 25 years is cutting methane. The Paris Agreement is completely silent on animal agriculture, 
but a third of methane emissions come from animal agriculture. We can all make a difference. Fight climate change simply with diet change. So please join me and endorse and support the plant-based treaty. Thank you very much. And whoever wants to support the plant-based treaty can do so at plantbasedtreaty.org. We are urging everybody to sign the plant-based treaty. So uh, going out to Jill, Jill, we know Greta Thunberg, who is a vegan, is there. Um, there was a big, as, as, as there is everywhere she goes, a big tumult and a greeting committee when she got off the train. What is going to happen with Greta? Because even if she's not in there talking on the podium, she's probably going to pull focus and attract more attention than the, the actual speakers. Well, to be honest, trying to get to Greta Thunberg during this conference is very much like trying to get to Beyonce. Um, she has incredible crowds around her everywhere she goes. She will be at the climate march on Friday. That much is confirmed. She will be active throughout the week, but that's the only thing that's really announced by her team at this time. But of course, her presence here is crucial, as well as her being vocal on the need to go vegan. You know, um, I did get confirmation from inside the green zone today that they were serving salmon and bacon, otherwise known oh. as pig. Oh. And, uh, you know, and also speaking yeah. with members of commissions uh, from European teams that work with the UN on sustainability, they all admit that no matter how you crunch the numbers on any issue, whether it's emissions, land use, any of these things, it all comes back to animal agriculture. However, none of these folks I've spoken to are even vegan themselves, even though they know. And going to Prince Charles, something like he's talking about that not everybody has easy access to reducing their carbon footprint that really rings hollow coming from the monarchy because if anyone has access to doing it seven days a week, they do. So why can't they do it seven days a week for the people that can't? So that's the thing is those who have access need to follow the example of climate celebrities like Greta and do this seven days a week like Renee's campaign. We need to do it for those who can't do it all the time. You know, serving the lentil and carrots that were confirmed on the menu today in the green zone as the vegan option is not going to cut it when you're serving it alongside pigs. It's, uh, it's no. truly frustrating that we are looking at the solution and we've made it so easy with the burgers that taste so much like meat, I'm afraid to eat them. Uh, because I'm, are you sure this is a plant-based burger? And still there is this resistance. Um, Renee, you are in the heart of cattle country. We don't want to be downers because there are so many positive things happening. I mean, um, I just uh, checked out uh, Friday a uh, company called Daring Foods that has a chicken. I don't really know what chicken tastes like, but they had a they and Sugar Taco had a truck at the Santa Monica uh, Mall and people were tasting it and saying this tastes exactly like chicken, exactly like chicken. And uh, so if it tastes exactly like chicken and it has a lower carbon footprint, um, why not serve it and save the planet? 
Um, you're in the heart of cattle country, but ironically, in the heart of cattle country, there's some positive movement. There is. Uh, there is positive movement. When our Texas cattle ranch went vegan in 2014, uh, you know, our story rocked the world. Uh, unbeknownst to me, it went viral and we landed on CBS Evening News uh, in less than a year. And uh, from there, it just exploded across the animal rights movement. And what I've seen happen, uh, you know, I've been chanting this, in the same thing that I'm chanting meatless every day, I'm also with chanting Texas is going vegan. Because, you know, I really do believe, and you know that Jane, I mean, Jane came to Texas and we wrote a song together and we sang that song and people all over are all talk about that song. And Texas has got you know, genuine barbecue that's vegan. They've got genuine um, Mexican food that's vegan. There is vegan cafes and restaurants popping up everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. yeah and so when, you know, and as former Texas cow ranchers, you know, what I know, Jane, the hardest part, you know, is the tradition and the belief. See, we're religiously, you know, we are shoved eating animals down our throat, even by our churches. And that's what has got, somehow we've got to get inside the churches and we got to reform these churches. We've got to stop going to, uh, to these uh, dinners at church where they're serving dead animals uh, all over the place because that's why they're serving dead animals in Glasgow is because we teach this in our churches. Yes, and I often say, uh, what would Jesus say about factory farming? We're 80 billion animals who never see the sky except on the ride to the slaughterhouse, who are kept in crates sometimes the size of their bodies, unable to turn around. Uh, this is historical. The most known thing about Jesus is that is most historically documented is he went into the temple in Jerusalem and uh, actually freed the animals who were destined for sacrifice. Today, he would be considered a radical animal rights activist. We are live in Glasgow, Scotland with Jill Carnegie, our reporter on the scene, and Dr. Silas Rao, who is going to be attending the conference on the inside. We're going to be bringing you reports all week about what's going on. Now, people can quibble about the numbers. Dr. Rao has done a, a study that um, makes the case that animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change. Some say... Uh, it's less than that. But nobody disputes that it is a leading cause. Prince Charles, um, the, the United Nations, which issued a report called Livestock's Long Shadow that said it was responsible. Animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gases than all transportation combined. So Dr. Rao has launched a new campaign called Vega. We are going to play it now. Uh, let me screen share here. And... Um, let me get it going. Uh, we're going to do this in one second. It's worth the wait. Thank you for your um, patience. Here we go. Let's hit it. One, two, three. Boom. Methane is a greenhouse gas that causes climate change. It's collapsing. to create new grazing land, but we need trees to capture greenhouse gases. The 
climate disaster is human-made, not cow-made. But you can slow it. You can stop it. the basis of this campaign and how are you going to get that messaging to the people who are participating in the conference? We also know the plant-based treaty has a whole team there doing everything it possibly can to get the message somehow to the people inside that they're missing the boat. Oh, tell us about it, Dr. Rao. Yeah, uh, thank you. So in addition to the, to the one minute clip that you showed, the animation, we also have a website for Vega. It's called the cowintheroom.org. And so it has Vega and it has uh, Flow the Chicken, it has OB the Pig and Mycroft the Fish. So they talk about different aspects of why you should be going plant-based. So for Flow the Chicken, it's about pandemics and she wears a mask on her face to show that that's what we are doing. And then for OB, it's about human health because it's about obesity and how pigs are made to be really fat with hormones and chemicals. And for microbes, it's about all the plastic pollution we're pouring into them to the ocean. So he's full of microplastics. That's why we call him microbes. And he's saying, they're all saying, stop eating us, start cleaning up our environment so that we can all live together in harmony. And so we have, um, we have a campaign that we are unveiling on November 6th, that's going to be spectacular. So I, uh, I don't want to say more than that because there are lots of people who are trying to stop it from happening, really? but it's going to happen, yes. Wow, really? One of, the, one of the incredible things is the lack of media coverage. Listen, all you have to do is look at the advertisers to understand why the mainstream media, which is advertiser-based, is not talking about animal agriculture's impact because they pay the bills. Fast food and pharmaceuticals, the two industries that would have to radically change um, or collapse if people went plant-based. So you're not going to hear the story. And having been in the mainstream media for four decades, I can tell you that people don't have to come and knock on your door and say, don't talk about this. Anybody who has half a brain, looks at the commercials and, and does the math. And so um, you had a situation during COVID where you had COVID sweeping through the slaughterhouses. It was either not covered or when it was, the facilities were referred to as meat packing plants or food processing plants. The word slaughterhouse, uh, I couldn't ever see it uttered in any of the news coverage because Guess what? If you say the word slaughter, it reminds people of what's really going on. The whole idea is to get a general consensus that it's not really animals that are involved in all that slaughter. Those 80 billion animals, they're just widgets. They're, they don't actually exist. Don't worry about it. Your bacon comes from bacon trees. This is what you would call a, um, a, a globally agreed to lie. But that's not truth. Uh, that is just a consensus lie. And so what we have right now is 
people trying to punch holes nonviolently, compassionately with videos like the one Dr. Rao made, with videos like the one that Moby made for the plant-based treaty, trying to punch holes to get the word to these folks who are in this climate conference that they are all themselves saying is code red. I mean, these people are saying it's code red. If we don't solve this, we are all headed toward a climate apocalypse. I was reading article after article this morning where people are saying, uh, the world leaders are saying, if we don't get this right, we're finished. Um, Where we've got to take a look at Mm long-term solutions over short-term profits. They're saying all this, but the solution that is right there, staring them in the face, which is simply for a global transition to a plant-based diet, which would radically reduce the carbon footprint of everybody on the planet, not to mention go a long way towards solving world hunger. Um, it's, it's, it's being ignored. Jill, what's the, what's the mood on the ground? You're in a vegan restaurant right now in Glasgow. Um, uh, but what, what are the folks on the ground saying? Are they as blind to this as the leaders? No. Glasgow is an incredibly progressive city. As a matter of fact, it was recently awarded the status of global green city. Glasgow is one of the leaders on reducing emissions, one of the leaders on um, on sustainability initiatives. Scotland is a leader in that. They have replanted, rewilded the equivalent of 44 million trees just in the past two years alone. I mean, this is a very progressive country and an extremely progressive city within that country. And the people on the ground here are all aware of veganism. There's not the same stigma around it here that I have found in other places in the world. You know, I've only been here since July, but I can tell you right now, this place is one of the most accessible places for vegan eating that I've ever seen. And so that's what makes it so infuriating because they really could be supporting the local businesses by having these incredible vegan chefs that they have all over Glasgow providing the catering for this COP26 conference. You know, this is absolutely maddening that they're in a city that's a leader in this, and yet they haven't taken advantage of the local vegan scene here. But you'll see throughout the week, Jane, that there's going to be events throughout the city, not only outdoor, but also within venues, played up events with vegan society, with the plant-based treaty folks. We will be out there with them along with the climate march and also talking with UN representatives on the you know other side, right? Like we're all supposed to be on the same side of sustainability, but these are non-vegan folks who are trying to fight sustainability without giving up animals. So you're going to be seeing that over the next two weeks of coverage. Wow, that's very exciting. And again, yes, the plant-based treaty, which Moby just endorsed, and we just played a video urging world leaders to sign the plant-based treaty is modeled on the fossil fuel treaty, which was signed by a lot of Nobel laureates. So what, what that essentially says is, governments, you are creating the climate crisis by subsidizing animal agriculture. So billions in the farm bill in Congress are spent subsidizing commodity crops uh, that are mostly fed to farmed animals, as opposed to subsidizing fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains that humans eat. And also, um, subsidizing animal agriculture itself, like the dairy industry. What the plant-based treaty is saying is governments, you want to solve the climate crisis, stop subsidizing 
the industry that is creating the climate crisis. We've got a caller, Sarah from Georgia. Your question or thought, Sarah? Hi, I have a question for the panel. Would you consider possibly helping get something like free food for everybody that's plant-based? Talk to people at the COP26 conference and let them know, like, if you just give everything away for free, the food, then that's how you can get more widely distributed to let people know what's healthy to eat. Thank you. Well, that's excellent. Dr. Rao, you've explained how meat creates artificial scarcity and that because we're only 8 billion humans, but we are mass producing by forcibly impregnating 80 billion animals who we kill every year, that they are eating a huge percentage of the food And if we stop mass producing those animals, we could actually solve world hunger. Uh, Lay it out for us, Dr. Rao. Yeah, 83% of the food we extract from the planet is fed to our animals. Only 17% is what we eat directly. You know, and then the animals give us a tiny portion, just 15% of our food comes from animals in terms of weight. So getting to a vegan world is about just shifting 15% of our food from animal sources to plant sources. That's it. It's only 15% you need to shift. And you can easily do that by, but the reason they are not doing it is because this is how we create artificial scarcities. This is how we create hunger. And through hunger and global poverty, you force people to do things that they don't want to do. So it's a system that's farming them into doing things that they don't want to do. Right. So this is why they maintain it. And there is this so much energy towards maintaining it. And unfortunately, it's breaking down for them. So they can see it's breaking down. This is why there's so much resistance now to what we are saying. It, it, it is the tipping point. We are reaching the tipping point. I'm convinced it's right here in Glasgow. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, my goal is, our goal is to work within within the COP in in Glasgow and convince them to go plant-based by the end of this meeting. Are you going to be able to speak, Dr. Rao? I I know you have the pass to be in there, but are you going to be able to speak to anybody? Oh, absolutely. I'll be walking around speaking all the time. (laughs) They're not going to stop me. Can you give a speech? Can you give a speech anywhere? Yeah, we have several press conferences already scheduled. So uh, they canceled the one from today and tomorrow. Um, because they wanted to accommodate all these um, world leaders who have come. But we still have some press conferences scheduled for the rest of the week, rest of the two weeks. Are you concerned that that might have been a political move to silence you? No, not really. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we are going to speak regardless. Well, I hope it's videotaped so we can play it on our network and we will focus on making sure that as many people see it as possible. We are live in Glasgow, Scotland with Jill Carnegie, our reporter on the scene, as well as Dr. Silas Rao, who actually has a pass into COP26 and is going to try to talk some sense into the world leaders as Renee King Sonnen of the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary in Texas launches a new campaign, Meatless Every Day. In fact, we are hoping that Prince Charles will Uh, actually hear that message because he is congratulating himself about skipping meat twice a week. I I just don't, I don't get how 
somebody who is considered an environmental leader is congratulating themselves on doing something that is so paltry that I think it would be embarrassing to mention it. Um, I, I, wow. Wow. I mean, I, Renee, I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah, well, you know, just like Dr. Rao just said, the system is farming us. We are cattle to the system. And as long as we're buying their messaging, we are going to continue to buy dead animal products and the excretions thereof. And see, that's the problem is we are the government's cattle. And until we step out of that reality and start thinking with our own head, our own heart, I was just at the dentist and the lady there is a Christian behind the desk and she's been watching my story. She, she, she knows all about it, you know, right in the heart of Texas and she's just loving what we do. I told her about uh, Jane Unchained today, told her to watch Lunch Break Live because she's wanting to do more to eat better, right? But she says, but you know, my husband's a rancher and you know, I, you know, I don't really have the, the, the connection to the animals. I said, and she was going, oh no, this is a very sweet woman that loves God and everything. And I said, well, let me ask you, have you ever wondered why Jesus was born in a manger surrounded by animals? And she was speechless, Jane. She looked at me and she went, I never thought about that. I said, well, think about that. Jesus Christ himself who could have been born anywhere, was born in a lowly manger surrounded by animals. Do you really think those animals should be our food? And I just asked her, she said, you're giving me something to think about. I said, well, good. I said, because you need to think about that. And that is the problem is we are being farmed. And as long as we're being farmed, we can't see the forest for the trees. I mean, really, we can't. Jane, I don't know what else to say about I, it. I think that's really beautiful. I mean, I remember that I was at a hotel and this very lovely elderly lady who was working there was trying to get people to come into the restaurant of the hotel. And she's like, come on in. We've got wings. We've got wings. And I walked up to her and I said, you know, you're giving those wings away as if they fell from trees. Those wings belong to animals who wanted to keep them just like you want to keep your arms. And she looked at me like that was the first time that ever had ever occurred to her. And uh, so we have to um, hit people with these. Um, I don't like to use the word bombs because there's a phrase truth bombs, but these truth nuggets, let's say, that open their mind to clarity for a second. A moment of clarity is sometimes all it takes. So the question is, we are live right now in Glasgow, Scotland, where the entire world, world leaders, media, Greta Thunberg, environmentalist Prince Charles, everybody's converging. It was so packed that Dr. Rao was waiting for a couple of hours to get across the street. I know I've been at these mega events and you can't move from point A to point B. There's so much security. The point is the whole world's converging there. We want to get a message to those world leaders while they're there. The question is, how do you do that? Jill, uh, tell us a little bit about what the plant-based treaty is planning during the coming days to try to, um, to, to reach these people, even if it's them whizzing by in a limousine at a high rate of speed. Yes, 
Now, plant-based treaty has been here along with other uh, plant-based and vegan and animal groups uh, really since Friday doing a very kind of cultivated, smaller, more concentrated outreach efforts. Uh, what everyone right now can do to help amplify this is go to plantbasedtreaty.org and endorse this treaty. So anyone around the world can do that right now and participate in this effort. However, over the next couple of weeks, Plant-Based Treaty is partnering with other organizations to not only do vegan food giveaways all over the city of Glasgow, but also do plate up events at multiple venues, any kind of outreach that they can possibly muster, lots of visual, uh, like really striking visual actions, such as uh, flash mobs. They have a gigantic three meter long blow up cow, um, you know, wow. the, the cow in the room, if you will. Basically, they're pulling out all the stops to get attention here in a city that's very accustomed, by the way, to activism and demonstration. They are really working to make sure that they are visible. So the way that anyone watching right now can help them become more visible is go to plantbasedtreaty.org, click on endorse and do that right now. I will say that the majority of what you're going to see will be starting probably Wednesday night because as the doctor mentioned, today and tomorrow are mostly for the dignitaries and all of that. So there's not going to be a lot of kind of like public in and out um, of the venue itself like there will be over the coming two weeks. Uh, so starting Wednesday is when you'll really see that stuff really pick up steam. Yes, and I want to play once again, I'm going to share my screen and play once again, Moby, who has endorsed the plant-based treaty and is sending a message directly to the world leaders to endorse the plant-based treaty. Let's check it out one more time and uh, let's all go to plantbasedtreaty.org and sign. It takes a second. I've done it. I did it for myself individually. Yeah. I did it for my nonprofit and everybody can do that. It takes a minute. Um, let's, let's hit play. We face a climate emergency and especially a methane emergency. We need to strike a global agreement about a shift to a plant-based food system this year at COP26. We're on track to hit 1.5 centigrade warming around 2030 and 2 centigrade warming around 2040. This would lead to catastrophic climate impacts such as increased heat waves, more intense hurricanes, wildfires, droughts, food shortages, violent weather patterns, sea level rise, climate refugees, coral bleachings, and the ongoing mass extinction of thousands, tens of thousands, millions of species. We need to address all three greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. Our biggest chance of limiting temperature rises in the next 25 years is cutting methane. The Paris Agreement is completely silent on animal agriculture, but a third of methane emissions come from animal agriculture. We can all make a difference. Fight climate change simply with diet change. So please join me and endorse and support the plant-based treaty. Thank you very much. So... We are live in Glasgow, Jill Carnegie at a vegan restaurant in Glasgow and Dr. Rao, who uh, has been trying to get into the conference, but there is like such a, and I've been at those events. I was at the Women's March in DC, which was you know, one of the, I think it's the largest demonstration ever. Certainly the largest demonstration I ever 
uh, participated in. And you know how hard it is to go from point A to point B when there are literally hundreds of thousands of people. Um, what is it that you are going to say, Dr. Rao, uh, when you run up to, let's say, a staffer, let's say you encounter a staffer for some high profile person, um, good luck if they're actually listening, but what, what exactly is your messaging going to be? Let's say, for example, I'm some kind of official, okay, and you see me, and you say, hey, Jane, I see you represent blah, blah, blah. What, do you have to do that 30-second elevator pitch? Yeah, I would say that, you know, we all know that animal agriculture is one of the major causes of climate change. Even if you don't agree it's the leading cause, which I claim it is, it is one of the major causes. We all agree that it's a major cause of climate change. So we all know that going plant-based is going to solve that problem. So are you really serious about solving that problem? If you're really serious about solving climate change, you would have just plant-based foods at this conference. So it, to me, it's a lack of seriousness when you serve animals at a climate change meeting like COP. It's a lack of seriousness. And we need to call them out on it. And I think when we call them out on it, I expect them to eventually change. They will change. There's no question. But well, when I was in Paris, right? In Paris, I was at the COP meeting in Paris. I had nothing to eat in Paris. Nothing. There was no vegan option at all. Okay? So I went to the UN office and I complained. I said, I mean, I'm here for a climate change meeting and I'm arguing that it is the leading cause of climate change. And you're telling me that I can't even eat inside the COP. So from that point on, there was at least one vegan option. So they do change you know, when you go and complain. So I went basically to the UN office and complained. So I intend to do that this time too well, when I get in. Yes, and, and the trouble is we're running out of time. I did a documentary right. on you, Dr. Rao. It's called Countdown to Year Zero. And year zero is 2026, at which point we will have wiped out virtually all wildlife. We're on track to wipe out almost all wildlife, except for like squirrels and rats, by 2026. Now, um, that's going to trigger an ecological collapse. I read the other day that uh, three out of every four or some incredible number of every bite we take of food is connected to bees. The bee population is collapsing. All of this because we're destroying the natural world uh, to create grazing land for cattle and also to grow crops to feed cattle and pigs and chickens and turkeys and lambs and goats. Um, so we don't have the luxury of having them, oh, the next COP, COP27 is going to be plant-based. As you mentioned, all the award shows went plant-based. Uh, the Met Gala was plant-based. Uh, Greta Thunberg is plant-based. Uh, yeah, Jill, I hope that Greta says something about veganism. Because um, I know she does have a lot of handlers. I've seen it myself with my own eyes when she came here. Uh, it, she's a bigger celebrity than almost anybody at that conference. So uh, what would you like Greta to say? Well, I would love, for one thing, for Greta to make 
plant-based eating make diet the central point of any issue around climate change. The numbers already support it. I also want Greta to take the leap away from what we already know about, for example, cows are the big talking point, especially factory farmed cows. But remember that grass-fed, pasture-raised cows produce four times more emissions than factory farmed cows, number one. Number two, remember that chickens, because of the volume of chickens, they end up producing just as many emissions as, as the cow industry does. So I want Greta to go on to all of the nuances that we need to take all animals off our plates. It's not only the cows. Everyone knows about the cows. But we need all animals off our plates, and we need them off our plates now. So uh, you heard it here. Here's the, the tragic irony, but uh, as Nelson Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it's done. We are offering a solution. They don't want to hear it because um, essentially follow the money, you know? Um, and we are out of time for Voice America Radio. Thank you very much. But we'll just continue this for a minute to wrap up our thoughts. It's very important. I know everybody's busy, but give us one more minute or two more minutes. But we are offering this solution. I want to use an example. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, there's a great documentary, Who Killed the Electric Car? An American automotive, the, one of the top big automakers, created a, an electric car and everybody loved it. And then they decided, mm, we don't want to bother changing we're going to kill it. They took it away from people. There's a whole documentary. Um, people actually literally fought to keep their cars. Well, of course, that spelled very bad news for the American automotive industry. Um, Toyota and others came up with hybrid vehicles and took the lead. And that automotive expert, that automotive leader uh, ultimately said it was the worst decision of his life. It was a shameful decision. We're at the same situation right now with this plant-based, um, the, the, the technology is there. The food is there. It, we've made it so easy. Um, it's hip. The most sought after events in the world, Hollywood award shows, the Met Gala have gone plant-based. And yet these uh, people who are there to solve the world's most critical crisis a climate crisis that could make the earth uninhabitable in short order, refuse to look at it. Dr. Rao, I have to ask you about the UN's partnership with animal industry. Can you bring us up to speed? Because that's one of the key reasons why this is happening. Yeah, the UN Food and Agriculture Organization has, an, has a public partnership with the with the animal agriculture industry, the International Meat Secretariat, International Dairy Federation, International Poultry Association. I mean, it is just goes down the line. Every one of them are founding members of the UNFAO's uh, Livestock Environmental Assessment and Performance Partnership. So they are there, they are cooking the books. You know, they obviously are telling you that. They are, we are here, we are going to do the environmental assessment for all of us. You know, it's like asking the tobacco industry, can you tell us whether cigarettes are good for you or not? You know, of course they're going to tell you it's good for you. This is the kind of creative accounting that has been happening. And so our campaign with Vega is to bring all that out, you know, show all the creative accounting that's happening and show why um, animal agriculture should be off the menu. I mean, animal agriculture should be off, 
on the agenda and animals off the menu. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.